This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 111. The show must go on. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulbooks2015. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash Soulstone. Strap in, folks. This is going to be fun. Nevik. Coming to you from a half-empty bottle of white wine. Antonio. I found a nice little trifecta last night in uh, Hardcore that I'm hoping makes me loaded. Dreja. Oh, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Like, you lose five seconds of your life, you wake up. Chill. It gives you 38.2 yummies per second, with 13 to 38 yummies and 150 nom nom noms per second. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawnforge pouch, this is episode 111 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is February 14th, 2016, in the evening of Valentine's Day, for those of you that celebrate. And this is Jen, and I am here all by myself today because circumstances just worked out that way, and uh, it's been a crazy week, apparently, for all of us. So I'm here because the show must go on. Um, I'm having a very difficult time with pollen season and I'm on a ton of drugs. So if I'm incoherent, that's going to be why. But at least there will be a show. Um, I know Brasia is in Chicago this week working and Lantonio had uh, a problem come up that'll come up in the tweets if you've been following uh, along on Twitter at the at Shattered Stone account. You probably know about this already. Um, he's gotten into a car accident. He's okay. And I'll have more details as the show goes on. So to get started, um, I can very briefly tell you what I've been up to in game because I've been really sick and sleeping a lot. So I haven't played that much, but I am still working my way through uh, chapter four of the season journey and I've gotten as far as I've run a greater rift 20 and just didn't quite beat the rift boss before finish before the timer went out so I didn't quite finish it I think my next attempt will probably be the one that gets me through that and that'll get me the last uh, remaining set pieces from Hadrig's gift and hopefully things will go a lot smoother after that. And I'm probably going to give it a try after I'm done recording this show today. But that's really all I've been up to because I've been really sick. And, you know, it happens. This happened last year around this time. It happens now. It's pollen season. Yay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to briefly do this Audible ad here. You've heard a thousand times before. Uh, Audible is the sponsor of Shattered Soulstone. And if you want to get started with a free trial over there, you can do that at bit.ly bit slash soulbooks2015. It gives you a free 30-day trial. You get um, one credit, and that can be used on any book in their entire uh, entire category or 
catalog, that's the word I wanted, of over 180,000 titles. And after your free trial is over, if you want to continue, which you might, because there's a lot of good stuff over there, um, you can go ahead and start a membership. There's a couple of different prices, depending on how many credits you want per month. And members get either the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times in a digital version. Um, you get one of those and you get a bunch of different accesses to sales and deals and goodies like that. So if you want to get started after you're done listening to this show, you can head on over to Audible. Use the link bit.ly soulbooks2015 and that'll get you started with a free trial. And I just spent, I don't know how long, catching up on the tweets for this week. I had started show notes and then kind of stopped because I was on a lot of drugs. So um, I've caught up and here's the tweets we have for this show. The first one is from Karova. And he wrote, at Shattered Stone, damn, totally forgot the question of the show last time. Well, that's understandable. I don't think most people responded to the questions of the show. Um... So it's understandable. We did get a couple of little responses this time around, which I'll get to in a minute. The next tweet is from at John underscore Felipe, who writes at Shattered Stone. Liven it up, people. Have some guests on. Some para 800 plus that can talk builds, new strategy, etc. Please liven it up. And that is from at John underscore Felipe. Well, John, who would you suggest we have on the show? If you have someone in mind that you think would liven it up uh, and help us out with that, let us know. Tweet the show, and we'll see what we can do about having that person on as a guest. And maybe that'll make things a little bit happier for you. But as of today, it is only me. But who knows what the future holds. The next tweet is from at Avenged Against, who wrote to at the uh, West March Workshop and at Shattered Stone and at Diablo2net or Diablo2iinet. Question for the pods. The pods, I love that. Question for the pods. <laughs> um, what key bindings do you use? I'm curious as I'm still kind of new to PC. In response to that tweet, at the West March Workshop, WM Workshop, uh, responded to at Avenged Against, at Shattered Stone, and at Diablo2net, and wrote skills on Q, W, E, and R, with force standstill on spacebar, and that's specifically from Leviathan from the West March workshop. As for me, I kind of leave things where they are because it helps me to not get as confused as to what I'm doing. So far, every season I've played a different class. With one exception, I played a barbarian the first season, and then I played a barbarian again in season four. But I didn't start out with a barbarian, I started with a wizard, and I think just trying to keep track of, you know, always switching characters. I think it would be hard for me personally to switch stuff around. But that's just what I do. There's lots of options out there. The next tweet is from at the McEwen, McCowan? I hope I'm pronouncing that right at least once, uh, who wrote to at Shattered Stone at the West March Workshop, made Guardian on Season Journey this weekend. Woot woot! Erevis, 45, no set, and 55 with six sets. Very cool. Congratulations, you are farther than me, which I know is not that difficult to do, but still, congrats, you've done well. In response to that tweet, uh, the West March Workshop and the Maca uh, said to at tweeted to, said to, tweeted to, at the McCowan and at Shattered Stone, congrats. So you've got another congrats there as well. The next tweet is from at, I'm going to say Elder Dragon, starts with a three, but I think it's supposed to be an E. So at Elder Dragon tweeted at Shattered Stone 
and included a screenshot. And this is what he tweeted. Named this demon hunter Dusk as a homage to Jen. A perfect name. All, I love the podcast. Have a great week. Aw, Elder Dragon, very nice of you to pick the same name. Um, I thought Dusk was a great name, too. And I remember that I picked that name because of something that Neil deGrasse Tyson tweeted around the time that, uh, I think it was season three I was playing a Demon Hunter, or was it season two? Um, but right around then, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is a scientist, for those that don't know, um, tweeted something about there's a lot of people named Dawn, but there's no one named Dusk. Why is there no one named Dusk? And I thought that would be a great name for a Demon Hunter, and apparently Elder Dragon thought so too, which is very nice. He's got a lovely screenshot here, which I'll include in the show notes, so you can check out this awesome little Demon Hunter. The next tweet is from at Hogai CTR, Hogai underscore CTR, listening to Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo podcast, episode 109, Orange Numbers and Chocolate Cows at Shattered Stone. Always nice to hear that people are listening, so that's very cool. We have another tweet from at Avenged Against, who tweets at West March Workshop, WM Workshop, uh, at Shattered Stone, at Diablo 2 Net, and Avenged Against tweets, Noob Alert. Just ran a G-Rift with evasive fire as a Shadows Mantle Demon Hunter. Luckily, it was only a 30. So I'm hoping that went well for you if that's uh, what's going on. Uh, the next one is from at Torak1714, who tweets one minute video. You'll love it if you ever played Mario on Nintendo. And he tweets at Shattered Stone, at Scanline, and at CKR Tech. The video, um, I'll put a link in the show notes. The video is short, as he says, one minute. It's called If Mario and Yoshi, Yoshi Switch Places. So it's not exactly uh, D3 related, but I know Nevik's been playing with a Mario uh, creator of some kind. He's been tweeting about it, so maybe he'd be into that as well. So I'll put that in the show notes for people to check out. The next tweet was from Lantonio. It was from um, uh, earlier today. He tweeted, promise to have recorded and ready sometime today. Happy Valentine's Day to you all at Shattered Stone. So that was the plan. And uh, plans are just going weird this week, I think, for most of us. Um, and then we have another tweet from at Karova, who tweets, At Shattered Stone, spent a couple of days with my wife in Paris, completely without any games at all. Kind of strange, but it was sweet. And he's got a smiley face on the end of that tweet, which I thought was very sweet. I hope you had a good time, Karova. It sounds like you did. And then we have the tweets I referred to earlier uh, that kind of explain why Lantonio is not available for this show. Uh, Lantonio tweeted at Shattered Stone, Sorry, we'll have to break the promise, as at Lantonio was in a car accident today and is unavailable to record. And this was tweeted by Mandy, who he's mentioned. You know, you know who Mandy is if you've listened to the show for a long time. I didn't want to read off her Twitter account on the show because even though she's tweeted it out, Reading it off on a show feels a little like, you know, taking it off of Twitter and passing it around somewhere else. And I know that in general, women get harassed online. So I just felt like a need to protect her. <laughs> so I'm not going to read off her, her uh, Twitter account on this show. Um, that tweet was responded to by at CyberWolf0, who tweeted at Lantonio, at Chadrick Stone, and at Mandy. And he says, holy crap, wish him well. His health is more important than the show. And uh, Lantonio responded and uh, said, uh, FYI, nothing critical, just got whipped around and bruised up by the seatbelt pretty good, but thank you. And then Cyberwolf tweeted back, good to know, still get some rest. So he is getting some rest and I'm taking over for the show today once again, um, just so we'll have something out there. But uh, just so you know where he was, he's tweeted it. It's been on the show. It's probably pretty spread around by now and he's gonna be okay. And who knows, maybe he'll be on the next show. 
So that takes care of our regular set of tweets. We do have a couple of tweets in response to the questions of the show from the last couple of shows. Um, the previous question, actually a couple of shows back, was how many tries did it take you to complete the set dungeons? And we got a response from at Kagurai underscore LeBlue, who tweeted at Shattered Stone from the previous show, did the Nats set first and one-shot mastery? just shy of 400 Paragon at 32 hours. That's how long it took him to complete the set dungeon. And then he also answered um, the question that we've created from last show from 110, which was, what Paragon level are you now? Happy with the progress this season? So uh, he kind of said he was just shy of 400 Paragon in that last tweet, but then he tweeted back. So at Kagurai underscore LeBlue tweeted at Shattered Stone, updating, Paragon 402 with Greater Rifts 60 down. So I'm assuming he's pretty happy with his progress this season. I, as for me, I'm still under 100 with Paragon, but I'm hoping to correct that later tonight and uh, get that a little bit higher. And uh, I think the greatest, the Greater Rift I've gotten through, I finished 20, but not before the timer, which is better than I normally do in a, in a given season. So there's that. So that takes us through all of our little tweets today, and I'm going to go ahead and mention our Patreon before we dive into the emails, which we did get some, uh, you know, excitingly this time. There are two emails to read off, which I'll read off in just a moment. So uh, we are running a Patreon campaign where you can help support the show. You can become a patron of the Shattered Soulstone by going to patreon.com slash soulstone and making a monthly pledge. Each and every pledge is greatly appreciated. We really do appreciate you guys, and we want to make the show the best we can um, with what we've got to work with here. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who's contributed, and thank you to everyone who's considering it. And now on to the emails. So we have one from Karova, and this is what Karova wrote. Hi, everybody. I'm really hoping the show on which this is read has all the hosts together again, but I really appreciate that Jen and Breja are keeping the show alive. Well, it's only me this time, Karova. I'll respond to that part right now. Um, maybe next show we'll have more of us. To continue, Karova wrote, Since it seems that all my tweets about the end of last season got somehow lost, I quickly wanted to tell what happened. I had decided to level up a second monk just in case. Remember, I was playing hardcore in the US. I had a level 25 gem of ease and a really nice weapon to use it on. It went very fast and very well, but somehow I got overconfident and this monk died at level 67. Oh, so close to 70. What a bummer. <laughs> Karova continues. So I decided to level up another gem of ease and do it again. But the very first Greater Rift I hit after that, I had a disconnect and my main died as well. And it was only a couple of days before the end of the season, which meant it was basically over for me. Aw, what a disappointing way to have a season end, Karova. <laughs> he continues on. So for this season, I decided to play softcore again in the EU. Not so much because of the loss, but because of the times I could not play at all, because I had a bad connection and didn't dare to play a hardcore character. And playing in the US, I had a much more I had much more connection problems than I normally have in the EU. Since my playtime is already very limited, I didn't want to limit it further by playing hardcore in the US. 
So I am playing a softcore wizard right now. I'm already Paragon 150 and would have the season journey finished if the set dungeons would not suck so badly. As always, love the show. Keep it coming. Greetings from Switzerland. And that is from Karova. Well, I'm glad you're having a better season, Karova, than you did last time. I can see where the disconnect would be difficult if you're in the EU and you're trying to connect to the US. I can see where that would be a problem. But it sounds like your softcore wizard is going well. And I'm playing softcore this season as well because I switch off um, every time around. So that's where I'm at. Thank you for your email, Karova. And we have one more email tonight. And this is from Dylan. And I believe this is the first time Dylan has sent us anything, as far as I know, unless he's tweeted and I'm unaware of the connection. So Dylan's got this email for us. Dylan writes, hey guys and gal. Nevik, Brasia, Jen, and Lantonio. I would like to formally introduce myself. My name is Dylan, also known as Vespertillo, uh, hashtag 1189, in the crazy and dark world of Diablo 3. I must say that it is an honor to be writing all of you for the first time. I have been listening to the podcast for a while now and have loved every bit of it. You all are highly entertaining, and you all do an amazing job keeping everyone coming back, wanting more and more. Now enough of the cheesy big fan formalities, and now down to business. Well, I appreciate the cheesy big fan formalities. It's always nice to hear when someone new is listening or when someone new writes in for the first time. So, Dylan continues. Regarding set dungeons, excuse me, regarding set dungeons, <laughs> I have played through and beaten, but not mastered all of the set dungeons for the Barbarian. I must say that the Immortal King's set dungeon was by far the easiest. I beat it my first try, and I mastered it about four tries later. Taking a close second was the Raycor set dungeon. I beat it my first try, but I did not master it, and I have not tried again since. No particular reason for that. As far as the Waste and the Might of the Earth set dungeons, they were a little more tricky, but I managed to complete them after several tries, maybe five times apiece. I know some of the set dungeons are incredibly difficult compared to others, but I urge everyone not to give up because all it takes is a little understanding of how the class works. You will get it. That's very encouraging, Dylan. And sounds like you're doing really good with that. Um, I kind of wish I played a Barbarian this season because I think I would understand how to use the sets better than what I'm doing with the Monk, but I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, Dylan continues. Regarding my progress in leveling this season, I am currently Paragon 703, and I am loving every bit of it. Leveling this season has been an amazing treat for me because this is the first season I have let myself completely loose. I have torn away my chains, and now, hulking, bursting, and sprinting my way out of my self-made cell I had erected so I wouldn't leave my close friends in the dust. However, this season, they have been warned that I have been let loose, and I was no longer waiting days or even weeks for them to catch up to me if I got too far ahead. Because of this, I honestly have no idea how much faster I am leveling this season compared to the last up in these high levels. Sorry, I don't have more input on that. Well, that's pretty good input, I think, as well, and I can understand uh, not wanting to wait for friends to catch up when all you really want to do is play. I mean, it's understandable. And you can, you know, they can play again. Maybe next season you can all start again together or something. Um, <clears throat> so Dylan continues on. Now that I got all of that out, I would really like to thank all of you for keeping the spirit of the Diablo games alive by making such an amazing podcast and forming such a great community of listeners. I must say this because this game series holds a very special place in my heart. I was introduced to Diablo 1 by my stepdad. 
I had been a heavy hardcore gamer for as long as I could remember, and introducing me to this game is what brought my stepdad and I very close. Him and I turned on Diablo 1 for the first time, created our characters Big D and Little D after our names Dave and Dylan. We spent countless hours together racing to see who would finally put an end to Diablo's terror first as we waited eagerly for Diablo 2 to finally be released. When it was finally released, we immediately got the game and continued sharing these amazing hours in this game together, which had become sacred to me. A few years went by, and my mother and stepfather slowly drifted apart and settled in a divorce. This ended in me promising him that I would come back, and that day was not the last day he would see me. Two years passed, and I finally made my way back to see him. I pulled up to his house. He was outside at the time, and he immediately stopped what he was doing and gave me a tight hug, and, to my surprise, he was crying. We went inside the house, and after we caught up, the conversation immediately went to Diablo. This was a couple of months before the release of Diablo 3. He and I had been itching for the release for years, even before the divorce between my mother and him. After that day that I came to his house and saw him for the first time in two years, I only saw him one more time after that. He tragically passed away before he was able to play Diablo 3. Because of particular circumstances, I was unable to attend his funeral. Heartbroken, no matter how cheesy it was, I did the one thing I could think of to do. I bought Diablo 3, created his favorite Diablo class, the Barbarian, and I took on his name that he used every time he created a Barbarian in any of the past games, Big D. I then proceeded to kill thousands, tens of thousands, and hundreds of thousands of demons in his name as I tore through the game on every difficulty of the original retro version of Diablo 3 that was brand new at the time. Since then, Big D has been put to rest as he now stands, still strong, as one of my current playable characters. He, only, he now only comes out on special occasions. So thank you, Nevik. Thank you, Brasia. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Lantonio, for keeping the Diablo world that means so much to me and to so many others a brighter place, even through the reign of, even though the reign of terror Diablo has continuously brought to Tristram. In loving memory of David Ray, see you all in game, Dylan. And he also wrote uh, Vespertillo hashtag one one eight nine. Dylan, thank you for sharing that with us. That was very touching and emotional, and it really does point out how much this game means to some people, and probably all of us that are part of this show and everyone that listens and contributes. It's it's a very it's a very wonderful story you've decided to share, and I know that couldn't have been easy. So thank you for sharing that with all of us. Okay, so I have a couple of little links to mention before the show ends. And uh, one of them is a blue note, and it is a post called Developer Insights Set Dungeons. And this basically goes into what the developers were thinking about when they were making the dungeons and how, uh, and how things got together. I'm going to read off a paragraph that kind of explains it, and then you can decide if it's something you want to click on and check out. Unless you already have, maybe you have. But this is kind of the explanation. Why include a feature that plays so differently from the rest of the game? Some players need an end goal where they can say that they're done. Similar to the season journey, set dungeons accomplish this by giving a definitive goal to work towards. Class sets take effort to put together, but there's no clear celebration of this accomplishment. Set dungeons are the light at the end of that journey. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of interesting because we've heard in you know previous shows and previous weeks, so many people being so frustrated about the set dungeons, but they are the light at the end of the journey. So that was kind of an interesting way of looking at it. So it goes into iteration, uh, strengths and weaknesses, a little bit about how the set dungeons were received on the PTR. And it was just, this is mostly written by 
if not entirely written by senior game designer Alex Sulman, and he's the lead on the Set Dungeon project. So if you love the Set Dungeons or you hate the Set Dungeons, this is the guy that has had a lot of input on them and is the senior game designer, um, and you can take it from there. But I'll put, I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes so everybody can check it out. There's also a YouTube video. It's a lightning talk called 10 Items in 10 Minutes from John Yang, and it was released on February 4th earlier this month. And what it is, he gave this talk at BlizzCon uh, 2015 to attendees at the Slaughtered Calf Inn. So this is a re-recorded version. It's not, you know, it wasn't recorded at the conference and then just dropped into a video. He's gone through and gone through the slides and kind of explained things um, a second time for all of those who were unable to attend. So he goes over several legendary items and set pieces and discusses the reasoning behind them, how the players use them, and how the Diablo team responded to how the players were using them. And some of it was kind of unexpected, at least to me, as to what they thought players would do with certain pieces and what players ended up doing. So I'll put that into the show notes. You can check that one out. This is just one of many lightning talks. There's several others out there, and I don't think I've brought very many to the show. But if you like this one, it's pretty easy from there to find the rest of them. And I've got a couple little pieces here um, that are not from people who work for Blizzard. <laughs> and there's another video. Uh, Leviathan's been doing videos about the set dungeons. And I was watching, um, I watched this one. It's called Diablo 3 Season 5 Highlights Roland's Legacy Set Dungeon Mastery. He released that on February 4th as well. And uh, you can check that out and watch. But he's got a ton of videos. If you're wondering about what a certain set dungeon is like or what the, uh, the things you have to accomplish are, um, watch his videos because he's done like detailed videos of just about all of them as far as I can tell. So I'll put this one in and you could find the rest from there. And I also wanted to include a piece from Blizzard Watch written by Matt Rossi. He wrote this on January 26th, but I didn't find it until recently, so I'm putting it into the show now. Um, so it's a uh, it's a lore piece on Blizzard Watch called Know Your Lore, Diablo and the Dark Wanderer. And Matt Rossi is an excellent writer. He explains things in Diablo, I think, even better than I can as far as the lore. Um, so really, you know, check out this piece. It'll explain who the Dark Wanderer is and how that all fits into the lore of Diablo. Some of you probably have a clue about all of this if you've played through some of the games before um, or heard me mention it in uh, different things. But go read his work. It's really good. And I'll put a link in there. And that is going to wrap up the show for this week. I'm not sure how long I've been babbling on tonight, but hopefully um, you're not uh, completely annoyed by the sound of my voice at this point. And I'm hoping next show there'll be more than me. We shall see how it goes. You have been listening to episode 111 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at ShatteredSoulStone.com. Want to join us in-game? Join our in-game community, aptly named Shattered Soulstone. Feel free to post short missives up on the community board and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com and we'll happily read it off in the next episode. We love Twitter, so come join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at Shattered Stone, and that is where I'm getting all of the tweets that I mentioned today and that we mentioned in other episodes. Um, my Twitter is at Queen of Haiku. It's a private account, so if you follow me and I can figure out who you are and that you're a listener of the show, I'll absolutely you know click something so that you can follow me. Um, you can find Nevik at Nevik James. 
Uh, Brazia is at the underscore Brazia, and Lantonio is at Lantonio. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, from me, on behalf of everyone else here at the Shattered Soulstone, uh, keep on running through those rifts. This is Jen, and you are listening to Jen's Lore Corner number eight. This one is going to focus on Rondel and Marta. And some of you may be wondering who the heck are they? If you haven't played through story mode or haven't played through it in a very long time, you may have forgotten who they were. They're just small little NPC characters, non-player characters that you find in Act 3 in Bastion's Keep. And you find them a bit in Act 4 as well, but the majority of their uh, participation in Diablo 3 is during Act 3. So there are two little NPC characters, and they are among the many villagers and children and couples that you find in the Keep. If you are someone who, every time you return to the Keep, you run around and talk to all the NPCs, then you've probably run into them before. If not, this might be a good example as to why it can be interesting to go and talk to everyone. So... Rondel and Marta are the oldest couple in the keep. They stand not too far away from where former Mayor Hollis is standing. So if you can find him, you can find this couple very easily. And as I said, they're, they're quite a bit older. Uh, most of the soldiers that are in Bastion's Keep are young men, and that's to be expected. You know, armies have traditionally been, you know, made of younger people. And uh, for some reason, Rondel's still there. He's still... He's still employed as a soldier. He's still going into battle alongside the much younger soldiers. He spent his entire life as a soldier, probably entirely in Bastion's keep. And Marta has been essentially a military wife the whole time. So they've been through a lot together. And as such, very few things actually phase them anymore. They just kind of keep going. The first time the player encounters Rondel and Marta, the two are having a conversation with each other. Rondel says, Got to go, Marta. More of those creatures need killing on the lower walls. Marta responds, I'm sure I heard it was the upper walls, dear. Rondel replies, That's what I said. Look, there's a chance I won't come back this time. And Marta responds with, You've been saying that for 44 years. Go on now. So it appears that Rondel's starting to kind of lose it a little bit. You know, he's he thinks he's heading for the lower walls when he really meant to say the upper walls. Or maybe he thinks he said the upper walls and doesn't realize that he's actually said the lower walls. Marta seems to have gotten quite used to Rondel's little inaccuracies, and she gently reminds him that, you know, he should be going to the upper walls, not the lower ones. She doesn't say, no, you're wrong. She just says, oh, I, I heard it was the upper walls, kind of provides another suggestion, which he immediately says, that's what I said, of course. So, you know, it, he seems to be unaware of his mistake, and this may be a clue as to why this soldier has not been made captain yet. You know, you don't want to be directing the men accidentally to the wrong location. 
So Rondel then tells Marta there's a chance he won't come back from battle this time, which sounds quite serious. You know, he's an older soldier. He's not too sure of himself. He's going, I don't know if I'm coming back, but Marta is not the slightest bit worried. She says he's been telling her that for 44 years and encourages him to go on and go into battle. Now, we know from other NPCs that we've talked to, if you play through story mode, if, you, if you've done that you've talked and talked to them all, you'll know that the fall of Tristram happened about 20 years ago. So this means that Rondal's been a soldier for approximately 24 years. So he's been a soldier since before the things that happened in Tristram. And that kind of gives you a long time frame. You know, he's been a soldier longer than Leah was alive. And that puts you in another frame. I mean, this guy's quite a bit older. And if it's 20 years since the time that Tristram fell, you know, if, if Rondel started being a soldier when he was 20, which seems like a reasonable age, that means he's now 64 years old. He's been, you know, he, and he's he's been a soldier since then. And he's been telling Marta every time I might not come back. He's been telling her that for 44 years. And you can assume that Marta's got to be about the same age as Rondel. And so they're still, they're still carrying on. <laughs> the next conversation the player overhears takes place shortly after, after the demons ambush the keep. Rondel asks Marta, or well, says to Marta, I would ask if you're all right, but I know better. She responds, that was hardly an ambush anyway. Do you remember when the barbarians tried the same thing 30 years ago? Rondel says, ha, they tried to steal you away, didn't they? I was frantic until they brought you back two hours later with an apology. Martha says, I simply reasoned with him. Garma still sends me a bundle of hides sometimes, you know. He was the nicest kidnapper I ever met. So they're both 64. This incident they're talking about happened 30 years ago. So that would put Rondel and Marta at about 34 years old. And it would have taken place about 10 years before Tristram fell. So these two have been around for a lot of history with uh, Sanctuary or uh, at least the area they're living in. So at the time, Bastion's Keep, 34 or 30 years ago, it would have been an outpost that may have been occasionally invaded by barbarians, but it wouldn't have been invaded by demons. That's relatively new. And that means Rondel's been a soldier through, you know, fighting two different, well, let's say armies, I guess, you know, completely different enemies to fight. So she was, Marta was 33 years old. She's in the keep. Presumably Rondel's out doing his duty as a soldier and the barbarians ambush the keep. One of them named Garm kidnaps Marta. Rondel returns and finds that his wife is gone and has been kidnapped by the barbarians. Of course, he's frantic after hearing the news, but then before he can really do anything, you know, less than two hours later or around two hours later, uh, you know, the barbarian brings her back and not only brings her back, but apologizes for kidnapping her. And, you know, she says she reasoned with the barbarian and convinced her to bring her back to the keep. So you can only wonder, you know, what exactly Marta said to tell this giant barbarian that has come into the keep and kidnapped her that, you know, you need to bring me back and to have him not only do what she said, but then apologize for what he's done. This is a tough woman. It's clear Marta does not break when bad things happen. She goes on to say that Garm is still sending her gifts, bundles of hides from time to time. And it's, you know, she obviously made an impression on him. They've got this really strange friendship of sorts uh, that seems to be mostly long distance and, you know, him sending her things now and again. But he's still doing this. This was 30 years ago and he's still sending her stuff. Um, and she mentions that Garm was the nicest kidnapper she'd ever met, which makes me wonder if this was not the first time Marta had been kidnapped. 
she's definitely as tough as her husband Rondal is, just in different ways. The next conversation between the two of them shows that despite their sort of almost snarky, kind of not quite bickering with each other, they do still love each other very much. Uh, you know, the game has gone on. You as a player have, you know, done many battles and come in and out of the keep. And Rondal says, things are looking up, Marta. There's barely anything left to kill. And Marta says, I knew you could do it. Rondal says, there are other soldiers about besides me, if you haven't noticed. And Marta says, no, I haven't. She has eyes only for him after all this time and all they've been through. And there's another conversation uh, that takes place not too long after that and this one refers to the player character so if you're playing a female character they're going to use the pronoun she if you're playing a male character they're going to use the pronoun he and you could literally it's kind of weird you know you're standing there and they're having this conversation kind of not quite about you but sort of you know <laughs> so rondel says to marta did you hear the demons are on the run thanks to her i was playing a female wizard at the time so he said her marta says good have you thought any more about retiring Rondel says, Pah, every time a battle ends, you ask me about retiring. And Marta says, Better than during the battle, I would think. So this brief conversation reveals that Marta has been wanting Rondel to retire for a long time now. She's not pressuring him to do that, though. It seems like she's aware that being a soldier is very important to Rondel. It's something that maybe he identifies himself with. He definitely feels a duty to keep going at age 64 with all the 20-somethings, you know, out there that he's uh, being a soldier with. So she just kind of gently asks him, well, the battle's done. Have you thought about retiring? She doesn't really, like, push him and... She's just, she's made it clear what she wants, but not in like a, a very, you know, you must do this now kind of way. Again, she must love him very much, you know, to kind of put up with this sort of life all the time. And uh, to respect what he wants to do, despite, you know, what, you know, what it might have done to her. Um, you know, again, again, she was kidnapped at one point, and yet she's still not saying you have to retire now, that's the end of this. She's letting him make his own decision. And she's also very practical. She's not asking him at the start of the battle or during the battle, would you like to retire? She's, you know, asking him when he notes that the battle is over. So there's a couple more little conversations that go on um, in Act 3, and they kind of refer to the player character again. There's one where Marta says, thanks to that wizard, or whatever your player class happens to be, you can finally get some rest. And Rondel says, I feel fine. Marta says, I can tell that your bad knee is troubling you, love. She'll have to save the world without you. She or he, meaning the player character, can save the world without you. Now, it's clear, Rondel needs a rest. He's, you know, he's got a bad knee. He's a 64-year-old soldier wearing armor and carrying a sword, fighting demons with a bad knee. And Marta's starting to kind of, you know, gently let him know perhaps it's a good idea to retire. You know, here you have this wonderful player character who's going to save the world without you. It's fine. The player character's got it. Why don't you retire? You know, and he doesn't actually decide to retire exactly then, but she's still kind of, you know, subtly suggesting this is probably something you should do. You know, you've got this opportunity now. The battle's kind of done. And, you know, you've got this wonderful character here who's going to save the world. How about you retire now? But she's not being pushy. She's being really gentle about it. The final boss in Act 3, as most of you or all of you know, is Asmodon. So if you kill Asmodon, come back to the keep and start talking to all the NPCs again, because a lot of them will have more things to say. And in this case, there is another conversation between Rondel and and Marta. And uh, Rondel comes back and he says, Well, Marta, that demon lord is dead. Time to move on. And Marta simply says, 
I'll go pack my knitting. She's finally convinced him to retire. He finally feels, okay, the demon lord is dead. No more of the demon lord's armies are going to be coming to this keep. Everything's safe. I can retire. And he doesn't even say retire, but you could tell time to move on. You know, they're going to leave. They're going to have a retirement at, you know, age 64, finally, in this world where people don't necessarily live as long as the two of them have done. So, and, you know, she could have made a big deal out of it. She could have said, oh, finally, I've been telling you for years. But she doesn't. She just says, I'll go pack my knitting. Like, this was just his idea all along, and she's just decided to go with it. So it sounds at this point like Rondal and Marta, two 64-year-olds that are just about to start enjoying their retirement, are going on to have a happy life. But this is the world of Diablo 3, and things don't always go as one would hope they would. The player does run into Rondal and Marta one last time in Act 4. They are still in the keep. You come over to where they were standing, and they're located a little bit farther away towards one of the doors of the keep. There's two bodies on the ground. And one of them, if you hover over the body, is listed as Marta. Next to her lies a soldier in full armor who could only be Rondal. I mean, that must be. We don't know exactly what happened to them. We know they've died. We know they've died right next to each other. They may have died together one after the other, but we don't know exactly what occurred. And there they lie. If you, um, if you click on Marta, she drops a journal called Burial Wishes. And this is what the journal says. If you are reading this, my husband and I are both gone. We would like to be buried side by side, preferably in a sunny spot. Oh, and please don't bury my husband's sword with us. He won't need it anymore. Marta. And that's the last you hear from them, which is kind of interesting. She wrote this before they'd left in order for you to find it in the journal. And it's like she knew, you know, they might not make it out of the keep. Something could go wrong. We don't know what went wrong. We don't know for sure if there was another, you know, one last demon invasion or, or what occurred. But, uh, you know, there they are. They're still together. Uh, they've passed on and one can presume that someone will, in fact, follow their burial wishes. And that's the end of this episode. It kind of ends on a downer, but... There's a lot of darkness in Diablo 3, so it's not a surprise that their NPCs sort of get touched by that as well. Thanks for listening to this presentation of Dawnforge Productions, copyright 2016. Find us online at thedawnforge.com.